0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Chris. With me, as always, is Stephen Taylor. How are you two doing?
1: Pretty.
2: Good. Do- yeah, doing well. It, it's uh, it's you know it's a good feeling when um, both movies you're doing are so revered. Um, yeah. To yeah. a point of like, well, I, without these, we honestly without these movies, we don't have this podcast
0: yeah totally i mean to,
2: to be completely honest
0: totally uh horror movies really do uh you know owe a lot to the two movies that we we're talking about mm-hmm. previously psycho and then this week psycho just kidding a little, <laughs> little, little joke if you were paying attention to the end of the last episode uh but oh no, jaws uh yeah
2: which isn't listed as a horror movie
0: which is weird.
2: Yeah, it's an adventure thriller.
1: Is that because it was super popular in Blockbuster and they didn't want to call it horror? Uh, that's
2: possibly yeah. That's possibly a, a universal uh marketing thing is don't call it horror, but uh I mean it's a monster horror movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um yeah. So we're here we're here to talk about Jaws. Uh a movie that I think for almost everybody, they watched this when they were way too young. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> this is, like, it, the kind of movie that they always showed on TV. They, You could get this at, like, your video store, no problem. Mm-hmm. It was not yeah. hard to find.
2: This was part of parents rushing the gun. Parents or uncles or whoever wanted to show their sons, daughters, nieces, nephews, anything like that. This was, like... This was the, the the this is the dipping your toe in the water can you take these movies. And, yes. and uh, I mean uh, largely a lot of us when we saw, initially saw this movie we couldn't take it cuz it's it's hard to take man especially if you're a kid. I mean mm-hmm. we'll get into this later in the episode I'm sure but like it'll it'll fuck you up.
0: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. But uh yeah, what is you know what is jaws even about? What is it even about i'm i'm kidding i think most people know what it's about but i'm,
2: I'm gonna do the official Plus, summary is this an existential thing or what
0: is jaws about it's about no, the God. villain from james bond he gets his own solo movie uh just kidding uh police chief marine scientist and a fisherman spring into action after a white shark terrorizes the inhabitants of Amity, a quiet island
2: and, and and which completely undersells that it's Chief Brody, played by Roy Scheider, who is like gives an iconic fucking performance in this movie, and uh, then yeah. Richard Dreyfus as Matt Hooper, who is like the quote unquote crackpot marine biologist that's in town to be like, you've got something fucking dangerous here, but nobody believes him. Yeah. Um. another incredible performance and then that's not even getting into Robert Shaw's character who doesn't even show up until like more than halfway through the movie I would say
1: Mm -hmm. he's got a brief scene where he gives a a speech asking for money to catch the shark and early on but that's all you see of him until yeah later on
2: absolutely and uh, this is I mean and Robert Shaw who is largely a cantankerous drunk on the set of this one still plays Quint with such a a gravelly like like intrigue
1: mm-hmm. that
2: uh, I mean there, everything about this movie just works so I mean fucking Vaughn the the mayor like oh. without Murray Hamilton playing that role you've got you've got a, a you know a black hole in that script like everyone plays their role so brilliantly
1: yeah, that's one of the things that sort, kind of surprised me coming back to this movie. Like I've I saw it as a kid. This is another one similar to Psycho where you you know exactly what's going to happen because mm-hmm. this is an iconic movie. So you're not surprised when the boat jumps up on the or the shark jumps up on the boat because you've seen it on the internet for years and years and years. Yep. Yeah. But it's another one where you don't quite realize just how much depth there is to the characters until you actually get into this movie and find yourself being completely sucked into it. Um, this is probably one of the movies where I had, like, I usually try and keep notes when I watch movies th- for the podcast. And mm. this one, my notes were so long because every time something happened, I had to write about it. I had to be like, oh, my God, the shark. Oh, my God, it's a fake shark. It's not a real shark. Like, I had to <laughs> take notes every single time something happened because this movie just does that to you,
2: uh, yeah. which
1: was so much fun to rewatch. Mm-hmm.
2: A shark that they broke before they even got to use it. <laughs> <laughs> When Spielberg was showing it off to Coppola and Sp- and Scorsese, he broke it, oh, and man. then funny. so they were like, "Oh shit!" So they made some adjustments to the script, and then when they finally got Bruce, that's what the shark, the the big uh, animate animatronic shark's name was, and they dropped it into the water to film the first thing. It fucking sunk. That's it funny. just oh, sunk, that's and funny. everyone panicked. Everyone jumping in the water, like just. Oh no, no. Like they're, they're, this hugely expensive prop, this animatronic prop was sinking to the bottom of the lake, and they were like, fuck. (laughs) There's so much about this film uh, that's like everything went wrong, but it's serendipitous because the film we got, the fact that you don't see Jaws for the majority of the movie just adds that much ominous element to it. It makes it actually even that much more terrifying.
0: Yeah. Totally. Um. yeah this is like a movie that like I don't know I think I know this movie like back in front because I've seen mm-hmm. it so many times Like yep. this was one of the few movies that we had on VHS and I would just pop it in and uh, watch it a few too many times this is back in the day kids before Netflix you could just watch everything and anything at any time you know back when you had VHS if you had like 10 movies that was it Yours your 10 movies you better like yep. them or you're so <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: i think this for being i think oh go, sorry oh, go ahead
1: oh i was just saying this movie too was um uh the author of the original book once this movie came out and became a hit and everyone started being scared of sharks he kind of turned around and became an activist because a lot of the things that they talk about sharks in this movie are just false like sharks sharks are are Pretty fucking cool creatures, actually, and they aren't man eaters. That you are more likely to be hit by lightning than you are to be killed by a shark. Mm-hmm. But this movie, when it came out, scared so many people. Mm. Um, and and I, on the internet, it sounds like it literally started basically the genocide of sharks because people did not care that they were being killed for all these different reasons because they thought sharks were man eaters. You know, uh, and yeah, such uh, so much so that the author of the original book. Uh, kind of devoted his life to activism for sharks because of how negatively they were portrayed because of Jaws. So just keep in mind, sharks are actually really cool, awesome creatures, and they're probably not going to murder you.
0: Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have a coming, in which case, watch yeah.
1: It. I mean, I guess if you've you've really pissed off a shark, that might be a different story.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, first time watching this. Yeah, it's definitely, like, yeah, way too young. Um, I must have been, like, yeah, six years old, I think. And, uh, yeah, I got pretty scared. I mean, watching it now, it's not nearly as scary. But when you're six years old, man, that movie just Mm -hmm. scares the shit out of you. You're like, oh, shit. Especially, like, the little kid on the floaty. And, like, when you just see, like, that spurt of blood, you're like, No, that's it. That could be me. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
1: I mean, even with the first kill in the movie, um, going out at night to go swimming and you can't see things very well, and all of a sudden you're getting pulled under, like not seeing the shark in that scene added so much to it because it was was a little bit of mystery where you can't see what's going on the same as the character. And so you kind of feel a little helpless. Um, and totally. I that first scene though was really great because then they cut to a shot of the guy that she's with just drunk asleep on the beach, which yeah. was kind of funny almost. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you're doomed, girl. He's not coming for you.
0: Worst boyfriend ever. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh... Yeah. I was definitely young. Um, my dad because my dad showed this to me. This was like one of the family reunions, and he was like, my my dad is not like a huge movie movie fan like we are or anything um but he has the movies that, that that are meaningful and uh jaws was one uh magnificent seven good bad and the ugly a dust boot like there are ones that mean a lot to him that i watched at a younger age and um this and, and apocalypse now i think are the ones that are, i probably should have waited longer in my life to see, but uh, they definitely had an impact. And again, uh, just like Psycho, uh, this seeing this movie at a young age is why I'm here talking to you guys today.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I wanna say that I don't have any specific memories of being scared of the actual movie Jaws, but it was almost like the peripheral, like I knew the Jaws existed and I mm-hmm. knew I had seen some scenes, especially like the main scenes. Um, and even back then, not knowing a, a ton about sharks, that was enough for me to like, no, don't want to deal with it. I still to this day, uh, open water, any scenes in this movie where they're just in a boat in open water, uh, I can't, it's anxiety <laughs> to me, I hate it so much. Um, so even just like the, yeah, the peripherals of Jaws being a movie as a kid was enough to, to scare me, uh, let alone having to actually watch the movie and see the, the shark attack scenes.
2: Mm-hmm. I I even went as far as a year a couple of years after seeing the movie for the first time, is I actually um I uh, got the Peter Benchley book out of the library, Ooh. and
1: mm-hmm.
2: and actually went on a deep dive of most of Peter Benchley's books, and he has some really cool books too. He has another one called The Beast that's like a giant squid type thing. Uh, yeah, so I I mean he's a he was a very interesting writer as well. So uh and. Yeah, I mean, as big as a reader as as I I was and am, uh, I definitely fell into the K-hole of Peter Benchley because of this movie.
0: Nice. Um, cool. Uh, I think we got a couple emails here. Uh, first is from Alex, who says, for the three main leads, is, there, is this their peak performance? I think he's referring to uh, Schneider... And uh I forget the actor who plays Quinn and the marine biologist, but I, I'm assuming he means those. I can't think of who else would be your three Ro- main leads in this movie.
2: Scheider, Rob, Robert Shaw, and Richard Dreyfus.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I had to pull up the IMDb because I'm terrible with some names. <laughs> uh, Roy Schneider? No. Not, not in my opinion. I think... Oh, gosh. What is my favorite? I think it's either all that jazz or sorcerer, both. Sorcerer, whichever. yeah, sorcerer. Yeah. Like, no offense to Jaws, but I think what he does in Sorcerer is so much more interesting than Jaws. There's such a I, lo- level of dimension that you just don't get in Jaws.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna put Jaws up there as one of my favorite because I love his his work as, as Brody, um, but Sorcerer is, is definitely. Tied with that one, Uh, I have a three-way tie with Jaws and and, and Sorcerer because I also put The French Connection in there as well. Mm. Um, Just, I'm just such a huge fan of of Friedkin's uh, intrigue work, and uh, I mean, and also Friedkin was very much an actor's director
0: yeah
2: uh, as you can tell a sorcerer as you can tell with exorcist as you can tell, you know what i mean like he is just he he knows how to utilize actors Fuck, i mean we covered it on here bug i mean a really small contained film that is really predicated on how good its direction is and how good its actors are Yeah. Um, so yeah uh, i Shider's best work does come from friedkin uh, but, I mean, Chief Brody is so iconic that I can't, I, I, I think of that beach scene uh, with, Ale- with Alex getting eaten in the water and that, mm. that super zoom in on, on Scheider uh, on the beach, which um, could have worked just for being an in-camera effect and, and everything, but it's it's his slow realization of what's happening in the water. Uh, that makes that scene work so much, and makes uh makes your blood run cold as soon as it starts happening, right? So, yeah, you got to give it to him on that.
0: Yeah, I think Robert Shaw. I'm gonna say yes. Although he was great in From Russia with Love, but yeah, doesn't nearly have as much of a, like a command of the screen that he does in Jaws. No, not,
2: no. Well, yeah, but uh, well, uh, at the same time, also. um uh, i mean as far as as giving the giving more of his all in that i mean force ten for, i think it was force ten from uh navarone mm. he's he's so good in that um uh i mean the sting he he's had the man a man of all seasons uh, for all seasons i mean he's got so many r- incredible performances uh because jaws was coming near the twilight of his of of his career right like he yeah. was descending very badly into into alcoholism and everything um but i mean richard dreyfuss you're like yeah i mean he's great in in jaws but like close encounters everybody
0: (laughs) yeah yeah he's uh, i would say probably close encounters i don't think jaws is his peak i think I think yeah, close encounter. Nowhere
2: close to his. Nowhere close to Dreyfus's peak. Fuck, we haven't even got to what about Bob in the '90s? Like, I mean, Dreyfus yeah. has so much great work, so oh, much great but, work. Like, yeah, yeah, you can't peak him at Jaws. That's just that's cinema sacrilege. Everybody.
0: No. So I would say the short answer is no. None of them peak at Jaws. <laughs> Although so I, guess, I uh, the closest I, would be Robert Shaw, in my opinion. I think. Can we mention
2: yeah. Piranha 3D though for the opening scene?
0: <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. he
2: is essentially Matt Ho- uh, Matt Hooper?
0: Yeah. He, they call <laughs> him
2: Matt Boyd in the movie. But. Yeah. That's he's, fun. He's Matt Hooper and that's, he gets killed by piranhas.
0: That's that's fun. That's funny. Okay.
2: <laughs> it's so fucking great. Yeah. Oh, Aya. I, I love Aya. Speaking of which, I know this is branching off. Did you watch Oxygen? Oxygen? Uh, it's a new on netflix it's it's the brand new Alexander aya movie
0: oh on um, netflix no i haven't yet no
2: it all it's like it's like remember that ryan reynolds movie buried yeah it's just like that it's melanie laurent who wakes up in like this high-tech life pod and the whole movie takes place there interesting interesting yeah. it's f- i think like even though it feels like oh we've been here before i really liked it it's it's aya leaning a bit away from his horror side into a, like a more character building sci-fi um survival drama but he mm. still lean he still he still puts a little of his horror elements into it you see it here and there and it i i just love the guy's work i really do
0: yeah cool
2: Crawl, very underrated. So underrated. That movie's amazing. Yeah. Ugh. Have you seen it, Taylor? Crawl?
1: Uh, I feel like I did watch it at one point. The Croc movie? Yeah, for... Did it come out like 2019
2: or something? Yeah.
1: I feel like I watched it, but I was not... I was either doing something else or not paying attention. I feel like I need to rewatch it based off of your reactions.
2: (laughs) That one death scene of the guy in the, and all the, all the alligators latch onto a limb and tear him apart. Yeah. Oh, that scene's so good.
1: Yeah. Okay. Any, any movie where someone kind of gets torn apart like that, it reminds me of, um, Jurassic Park when he gets ripped apart. That's like oh, one of yeah. the first scenes I remember as a kid seeing something like that happen. Mm. It is always it always uh, amps <laughs> up a movie for me.
0: I will say this though, not the biggest fan of horns.
1: That was the Daniel Radcliffe movie.
2: Yeah, horns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A movie Psycho. A movie's so crazy. I tried it to like- was just. Falls to the wall.
0: <laughs> I tried so hard to like it, even though it's filmed locally too. It was filmed in yeah. uh, Mission, I think.
2: I just, I love the sarcasm of the movie. I really do. I should revisit it, but
0: I just saw that he made horns, and I'm like, no, big no on horns. I was not a fan of that. <laughs> uh, what about you, Taylor? Though peak performances for the three actors.
1: I mean, I feel like I have to trust your guys' opinion because my. Movie watching knowledge is not as uh, extensive as your guys, so uh, I maybe have watched a couple other films uh, in in the list of the other films that these actors have done, but mm. not quite to the extent of you guys. So I'm gonna say you guys are right. Okay, that, I'm <laughs> good with <at> that. Fair, <laughs> totally fair.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: um,
0: let's see here. Uh, gosh. Uh, Don says, are any of the Jaws sequels, good. Uh,
2: mm, only for catch value. Uh not as far as being good movies. Uh, yeah, like and only as far as being a completionist. The Michael Caine one is is worth watching alone just for Michael Caine's bonkers performance. It's and then the yeah. the the was it part three that has Dennis Quaid, the Jaws three D.
0: Yeah, I think, I think so. <laughs>
1: Of course, oh, yeah. Jaws 3D. Of course, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You got to you got uh,
2: to capitalize on that. They they cover that one as well in the In Search of Darkness because they're talking about uh, Friday the 13th 3 3D, uh, and then yeah. all the all the three movies that became 3D, uh, Amityville 3D, and all the different ones.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like the best Jaws movies, and like, yeah, I mean, I don't think I think there's one and then a huge amount of distance between the others and then two um i do remember jaws the revenge
1: <laughs>
0: was that the one it was does Michael dark Kane's? get
1: revenge uh
0: Thanks. there was something about a voodoo curse which makes
1: no oh.
2: sense yeah <laughs> uh, so yeah they
1: go off the rails then yeah jaws it, the
2: revenge is the fourth
0: it, it's movie. not a good movie but it's got some weird shit in it like voodoo curses yeah it it's not a good movie. It's a movie I that mean, you laugh at, but not a movie I mean, you're Jaws with. 2
2: at least has uh has uh Scheider in it. Yes. Like, he at least came back for it. Uh and Lorraine Gray is in Jaws the Revenge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, Jaws 2 is not terrible, but it's not good either. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely definitely I think you can just watch the first movie on its own. I don't think you really mm-hmm. have to go out of your way to watch the others. Although like I say, yeah. Jaws of the Revenge, Michael Caine if if anything, morbid curiosity, you wanna watch the movie for just how absurd it is.
2: Absolutely. I
0: mean, yeah. Also that movie had Judith Barcy in it, which man, if we're talking about weird, like behind the scenes lives of actors, Judith Barcy's is up there for sure.
2: And had Lance Guest. Yeah. Lance Guest, who was the last starfighter. Yeah. Uh, and was also uh, Halloween 2. Okay. He was Jimmy in Halloween 2, who's kind of like. Uh, he's he's the lo- kind of the love interest for uh, Lori.
0: Yeah. In like that one off thing. And then yeah. we never hear him again.
2: No, we never hear him again. He's a paramedic, I believe, in it. I do Isn't remember. It, Jimmy is a paramedic in that one, I think. I think yeah. he
0: was, yeah. Yeah. I also remember two Mario Van Peebles, I think his name yes, is. Yes, Mario Van
2: Peebles is in it. Yes, yes he is.
0: That movie is that his performance in that is it's just it's <laughs> it's, it's something.
2: Absolutely. I absolutely agree. <laughs> it's it's
0: something alright. Anyways.
2: <laughs> okay. It's the guy it's by the guy that made Nightmares yours, which is a horror movie from eighty three. It's like it's an anthology, a horror movie. Um, I think Shout made of put uh, a collector's edition out of it, maybe a couple years ago.
0: Oh, yeah, Joseph. It's it's another bonkers
2: one. Yeah, it's just a bonkers movie.
0: Let's just say the eighties were a great time to be doing coke and making movies.
2: Absolutely, Stephen King, (laughs) looking at you.
0: There's no other way you make a movie about killer trucks unless you're doing coke, unless
2: you're doing so much coke. Yeah. Him and Schrader were ch- trading coke lines <laughs> between uh, Maximum Overdrive and Cat People. Oh,
0: Keeping gosh. each other yeah.
2: up. Yeah. The
0: thing is too, is I think Maximum They're Overdrive... They're called bump buddies.
2: Oh, that's,
0: <laughs> that's... I think there's no way to explain Maximum <laughs> Overdrive. You just have to watch that
2: movie. No, the wait. way you explain it is you do a big rail of coke and you're like, Okay, so we're on Earth. <laughs> a meteor. <laughs> flies by earth and all the electronics go crazy and then you do another line you're like okay where was I
0: I think like you could easily do a double feature of Maximum Overdrive and that Mark Wahlberg uh, movie that uh, Shyamalan directed The Happening yeah because I feel like there's a lot of similarities between those two movies
2: a good triple feature and if you do it in kind of order release would be Night of the Comet Maximum Overdrive The Happening
0: yeah there you go <laughs> that's a terrible triple feature you're probably yeah, really gonna hate, hate yourself really afterwards. Is.
2: we saved the worst for last though
1: yeah beforehand though you should be fine just do some drugs and you'll be good
2: <laughs> yeah just not coke
0: just smoke <laughs> copious amounts of weed and just you'll be fine um okay best line in the movie there's got there's there's a few good ones
1: Oh, I wrote down uh, so many of them. I think the the first one I wrote down was the the guy asking if the $3,000 bounty was for the shark was in cash or check. Uh, there's a lot of people who said a lot of funny lines and then the next line of dialogue would be something like that's not funny by the next character. <laughs> it was it was kind of funny that how many times that popped up in the film. Yeah. Um a lot of Quint's speeches and lines that he gives talking about uh, when he was on the uh, Indianapolis, that whole scene. And then they break out into song afterwards. I loved all of that. Um, mm-hmm. And then when Hooper is trying to convince Brody to go out on the front of the boat when they're trying to catch the shark. And Brody's just like foreground my ass. And he he doesn't do it because he's terrified of water and he doesn't want to get in. I, I liked that uh, just as like a character thing for him that he was like living on an island as the chief of police. And yet he's too scared of water to even go anywhere close to it. Although he still gets on a boat, which is pretty impressive.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I gotta go with "Smile, you son of a bitch" because it's just so mm-hmm. great. It and, is a good line. And like his like look of joy after he shoots the 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 tank and blows up the shark is just priceless. Of yeah. course. Then you watch the sequels and you're like, oh, but you know what? We're gonna ignore the sequels for the for a moment here, and that's just yeah, that's a great line.
2: Absolutely. Uh, mine's such a throwaway, and I've always really liked the line because it just—it's—it's it's so stupid. Um, and it's uh, on the be- on the beach, Brody, with that with that friend. That's some bad hat, Harry.
0: Oh yeah, I like that one too. <laughs> yeah.
2: What? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is that line?
0: <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. it's like okay. I mean, it was a pretty bad hat, so.
2: Yeah, oh, it really was. Um, do you guys ever? Do you guys ever watch Robot Chicken?
0: Yeah. Yes.
2: Did you guys see the director the, the they did a little commercial with the director's cut of jaws?
0: No. Uh, oh, no I like
2: didn't. now with now with uh 75% more jaws and they keep introducing this this uh quote unquote CG version of jaws that is one point that jaws is wearing a, uh, is like on the beach with a chainsaw taking out
1: people. <laughs> oh <laughs> my but God. then
2: they go to that scene where where uh Quint is uh trying to get uh trying to get money for uh to to catch the shark and he's got that that picture of the shark uh, on the chalkboard and everything and he's like he's and then they there's like a from the audience and then there's jaws sending in a wig and like a fake suit and he goes i say we let him go <laughs> fucking right. hysterically funny
0: that's awesome
1: <laughs> i haven't watched robot chicken in ages i don't yeah. even know if it's still
2: on anymore honestly
1: i think it
0: still is Yeah, I uh, follow uh, Seth Green on on Instagram, and he regularly posts, like, it's coming back. And I'm like, still? Like, okay. (laughs) I guess there's
2: always more and more to parody.
0: I always think my favorite one is the game show with Helen Keller. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) there's there's, like, one that's blind and one that's deaf. I don't know. That one just always. I think of that bit every so often. I just burst out laughing.
2: It was like in- charades or something.
0: Yeah. Or password. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like something like that. And it's just like, they both just equally are like terrible because of their impediments. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's always so funny. I think you can probably find I mean, it on YouTube.
1: Yeah. I mean, every so often I get that little Hitler song stuck in my head, which is just the <laughs> worst. I mean, it's, it's like the little theme tune or, or theme song for it. But it's like, every time I get it in my head, I'm like, Oh no, kid, don't sing this out loud.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay um best performance
2: Mm. uh Uh. Scheider personally
0: yeah this this, this is a tough one um I do I do like uh, Dreyfus quite a bit I think he really sells like the the sarcasm like the dry sense of humor well Mm -hmm. um I mean, really, it's between for me the three leads. They're both really good. All three of them are really good. I go. I'd say Dreyfus edges it out a little bit, but they're all really good.
1: I feel like I'm gonna round it out then and go with Quint because I feel like uh, just some of his like old timer mariner energy. It just it just gets me. I just I like it. Even though I would never ever want to be out on a boat in the water because I'm terrified. Uh, sometimes, like especially when you sing a bunch of songs and have a cup, have some drinks with your buddies, you know, it's just yeah. the energy is so good. And I love that about his character. I feel like he he brought that really well to that character, uh, and played really well off of the other guys too.
0: Totally. Okay. Um. Let's see, best kill. There's not like a lot of kills in this. I find no. Um. I personally like the one with the kid on the floaty just because yeah. there's that zoom in shot on Schneider's face afterwards.
2: It's great. I like that. Uh, Alex?
0: Yeah. I yeah. mean, honestly forget the name of the kid. I I, I think really RIP relatively nameless kid, but the, <laughs> <laughs> it's the fact that you get the blood gushing out, ah, oh, it's so well done. I think the cinematography is what gets it for me.
2: His name's Alex Kintner.
0: Oh, is that the actor or the... the? That's the kid. Oh, okay.
2: The kid's name. Little Alex Kintner. He's, a, he's a, a resident of Amity.
0: Wait, and the actor's name is Jeffrey Voorhees? The fuck? Mm-hmm. That's so weird. <laughs> <It's> so wild. <laughs> Wait, he almost looks like someone who was in Workaholics, and now I'm kind of curious if he was in Workaholics. Probably wasn't.
2: <laughs> no, I don't think so.
0: No, he yeah. wasn't.
1: He if wasn't. only Jason Voorhees' uh, backstory was a shark attack.
0: Right? Would have made yeah. it so much cooler.
1: <laughs> In a lake? Well, you know, that could. we could figure something out.
0: Yeah. I mean, there was that. There was that. Um, that alligator movie they filmed up at Maple Ridge. That, the lake Placid? Yeah. Terrible movie, but you know you put it on for the lulls the 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 camp Mm -hmm. factor Mm
1: -hmm. i feel like it's hard to choose between like i my top two for best kill is obviously quince because he gets eaten alive by a shark and that's metal's fucking insane um (laughs) and then the honestly the first kill still i there's just an atmosphere to it that really sets a tone for the when you're first watching it um just like a helpless feeling of like there's there's nothing you can do once you're in the water with a shark you're you're done for and yeah. i f- i feel like it just i yeah i don't know yeah the atmosphere of that first kill uh kind of stays with you throughout the movie as you kind of it kind of gets worse and worse and the mm-hmm. shark just kills more people yeah so those are kind of my top two contenders uh i might still have to go with the quint kill though because i mean he gets eaten alive by a shark like yeah <laughs> it, it, the sharks that he's like out there to hunt because of a terrible trauma that he experienced to do with sharks it's it's the circle
0: yeah yeah and that's the thing like that is such a cool uh moment too especially cuz like they don't shy away from showing blood in that scene either so mm-hmm. Yeah, surprisingly, I guess I forgot how much blood they showed in this movie. I thought for the most part this movie was bloodless, but rewatching I'm like, oh, no, they don't They don't shy away <laughs> from blood. They go no. f- head first into it a lot of the times. So.
2: And this was a time, I mean, this harkens to a time where the MPA wasn't so harsh on blood being in movies. So this mm. movie still got away with being PG, PG like a, hovering between a PG and a PG-13.
0: Yeah. Um all right. Uh dumbest decision.
1: The mayor, basically.
0: <laughs> the mayor is don't,
1: yeah. don't re don't reelect that guy. I mean I guess by the end of the movie he learned from his mistakes, but not mm-hmm. soon enough. No. You know? And it's something yeah.
2: that we've been mocking the whole pandemic too. Is bringing Vaughn up as kind of like the template for every governor, premier, or prime minister, or, or, or president that wasn't taking the pandemic seriously and was demanding things to be opened up and blah blah blah. You know, he's the poster child for that right now. So, yeah, I mean, his dumb decision will continuously live on as being the template for all dumb decisions
1: totally yeah yeah well it's interesting too because you you really do get a behind the scenes look at you yes the mayor was being pressured by businesses to stay open but there was a real threat and mm-hmm. and like you you get a lot of that kind of behind the scenes politics too in this movie which you wouldn't expect from like yeah a creature feature basically
0: mm-hmm. yeah um mm-hmm. yeah. uh, gosh i'm just i mean yeah the bear is pretty stupid Um,
1: yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's a lot of what I thought were gonna be dumb decisions that turned into things that didn't. Um, like when Quint hooks himself into the fishing pole, uh, on that little setup that he's got, he's got like gear that he hooks onto him and then he attaches the fishing pole to himself. And at first, when I was watching the movie, I thought it was like a special chair that he like hooked the fishing pole to so that he wouldn't get away but he's just hooking it to himself and I thought that that was going to be some sort of plot later on where he gets like pulled but that never really became a thing so that wasn't really that dumb of a decision just like a cool piece of machinery and then uh, busting up the radio on the boat not the best idea ever but it doesn't necessarily seem like they had a chance to really properly use a radio to call for help anyway so I could say that's a, a dumb decision but I don't know if that ever really ended up affecting them super negatively.
0: I guess like I don't know. For me, it was probably like the fact that uh, Hooper went down with that spear, and he didn't think to like just hook it onto himself, <laughs> and he <then> just <laughs> drops it, and it's like, oh no! And I'm like dude, you're telling me this whole thing rides on you injecting the shark and you're not going to, like, fasten this thing to your waist or something? So if the <laughs> if the event of that gets out of your hands, it does not just drop to the bottom of the ocean. Like, that felt pretty dumb. And I'm like, you're telling me this marine biologist wouldn't think to do that? Like, yeah, I don't Well, know.
1: it's interesting the, the way that their characters were, too, because... Uh, Hooper's character was really supposed to be this he didn't have any like super great experience with sharks he was just the yuppie marine biologist right to play yeah. off of the, the actually experienced mariner who was on the ship who didn't necessarily have all the knowledge but had the experience so it, it it's interesting I wonder if that was just like a part of supposed to be some part of his like dumb character that he, he had the book smarts but he didn't have the knowledge you know the experience.
0: Yeah totally yeah, I was watching that and almost just like, dude, come on! <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> you, you dropped the ball almost literally. Uh, so yeah, no, that, that was that was pretty dumb. But uh, then again, if he had did that, done that, you know, we wouldn't have gotten the smile. You son of a bitch. So, it, mm. you know, uh, you know, it's dumb, but it led to a great finale. So I'm not too angry about it.
1: It was just fate working.
0: Yeah um uh, yeah any other dumb decisions from this movie
2: just uh Spielberg showing off his shark and breaking it
0: oh yeah <laughs> I mean that is pretty dumb i hey got <laughs> you cool know shot at, this cool shark I have breaks
2: yeah but i mean at at this point um i, I Spielberg had what, um, Sugarland Express and Duel before uh, Jaws. Mm. So it's like this is like the first time where he gets to like, come guys, look at my look at this cool stuff I've got. Like look at all this cool stuff and Broken. Yeah. Like I I feel like in like if I'm Spielberg at that time, and I'm like finally getting to do my first like big budget effects movie and stuff i'm probably trying to show off too to my friend to my film school friends who like like those guys are all like very celebratory of each other obviously but also very like like almost like a slightly one-upsmanship as well so they're like i'm sure they're all that like that was definitely like look what i get to do and then he fucked it up
0: yeah Okay.
1: Bruce. I mean, I guess Bruce became the star in the end. So
2: yes, yes, yeah, because he, they. I I mean, oh, that that the first because the first real reveal of Bruce is when Shider, when Brody's chum in the water, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Which is a great shot. How he just pops up and then Brody stands up quickly and there's that really great shot of him. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, they he they do it so well. This movie is really a showcase of how fucking great spielberg is yeah as a oh, yeah. storyteller and, and to invoke feelings out of you because mm-hmm. um there's there's so much they even you, 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 like uh, i don't think we brought it up on on the recording but the ben's head floating out of the the the, the decrepit boat underwater
1: oh, mm. yeah the jump scare oh it's that got me so good
2: it yeah. gets me every time. It, 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 I know what's coming and it still gets me. <laughs> it's such a great moment. And Spielberg just knows. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it continues now because the, the, he does have, you know, a lot of stuff that doesn't work. But he knew how to grip you. Yeah. And he knew how to establish himself as the big filmmaker. And that's exactly what he did with Jaws.
0: mm Uh, I think it's time to give us a rating what are you all thinking score 10 out of 10,
2: score-wise. baby. I can't, it's sacrilege for me to go under that. I don't even feel like I really even need to justify what the 10 out of 10 is, but I mean, it is, this is the movie that so many writers, directors, filmmakers, actors, special effects artists, uh, cinematographers, Foley artists, like everybody, everybody learned from jaws. Everybody, everybody's springboard point was from jaws there's so there's just like an uncountable number of people that looked at jaws and said i want to do that and i mean it's it's a number one with a bullet in so many ways
1: yeah i mean i i feel like i again have to agree with steve and go with a 10 out of 10 there's it's this isn't just a shark movie, you know? The, the characters, again, have depth to them. They have stories behind them. They have relationships with each other that make it more than just a movie you're watching about sharks eating people. You know, you're invested in it more so uh, than a lot of other creature flicks that come out these days where it is just about getting the gory kills and things mm-hmm. like that. There's, mm-hmm. there is so much going underneath the surface of the water. If uh, one could say uh, of, of Jaws, than what most people just think of Jaws as, which is just a, a shark movie, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate to be this guy, but uh, <laughs> just kidding. No, 10 out of 10. This, this movie rules. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought I'd do a little bit of a swerve there because some people concerned. like, oh, <laughs> no, he's going to give it, like, a seven or something. I thought
2: home. you were going to rate Psycho. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, no, 10 out of 10. This movie's great. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we haven't really talked about it too much, but it really led to, like, the birth of the blockbuster horror movie. I mean, yep. I think before this, blockbuster was – or horror movies were largely – Sort of stuff that was kind of shuffled under the, the rug, so to speak. And Jaws came out was this huge blockbuster. And it not only spawned the horror blockbuster, but a lot of blockbusters in general. I mean, yeah, there's Star Wars and other stuff that you could kind of credit. But I think Jaws was one of the big blockbuster movies that really came out. And, you know, without Jaws, yeah, you don't have horror. But you also don't have Marvel. You don't have DC. You don't have The Fast and the Furious to thunk we tied it all into Fast and Furious, but here we are. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I think, too, it, what is very underrated about this, too, is, yeah, it's a horror movie, but there's a lot of humor. There's a lot of great mm-hmm. action. Like, it's just so perfectly well-rounded of a movie that, like, every part of this movie just sort of makes it this perfect little encapsulation of what these movies should be like. So, mm-hmm. yeah, 10 Absolutely. out of 10. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I, I also uh, as um, to bring the the book back into it. Um, a little trivia is um, Matt Hooper actually in the book has an affair with Brody's wife, and then ends up being eaten by Jaws in the shark cage in the third act of the movie uh, of the book.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
2: So Dreyfus's character wasn't supposed to survive, but mm-hmm. I believe that. It was at Spielberg and producers' insist- insistence that he did live because uh, Dreyfus is so likable in the film.
0: Oh, you don't want him sleeping around with other people's wives. That's just. No. It, That's a, yeah, That would exactly. be tough if they put that in the movie, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I almost also think that that, that might have, <laughs> as stupid as it sounds, but it's just like the time period, mid 70s. I think that would have affected the rating. Yeah.
0: I think so too. I think too this movie's got like a fun energy even when sh- the sharks eating people
2: mm-hmm. but
0: like yeah that would have bogged it down a little too much you want these characters to be likable so cool alright and uh, I think that's it uh, Steve where can people find you on the internet
2: yeah I'm on twitter and instagram at the steveldead uh, I'm also on letterboxd um uh I think it's under this evil dead as well. Uh, and Steve stabbing.ca. I have not yet activated my only fans. So, um, I have to wait on that one.
0: It's just going to be Steve doing dances to horror music. So
2: yeah. Yeah. You know. It's the silver shamrock. One is the first one.
1: Oh my God. You might be able to get big bucks for that for all. You, you know, honestly yeah. probably yeah. would.
2: Yeah. Like, we
0: joke, but you would probably <laughs> you, you would clean up on OnlyFans for sure. Uh um cool taylor put where can people find you
1: um mostly social media i uh, update my twitter and instagram every so often uh with what i'm doing and then if i'm actually doing anything of note i post about it on my blog which is blog
0: nice and i'm over at three nerds.com where yeah we've got stuff going up almost every day and then i'm over on twitter film critic kurt I'm also on Letterboxd, Fatal Koala, and uh, yeah, until next time where we're going to be talking about Ravenous and uh, the episode after that is Dead Birds, Uh, two movies I've never seen. So this should be interesting.
2: Ooh, Ravenous is a personal favorite.
0: Nice. Okay. Bye for now, everybody.